Hey Spirit fans, this is Seth Askelson, and I hope you are enjoying every episode of the OUAZ Athletics Podcast. We are looking forward to bringing you a wide range of guests as we ramp up to the fall season and want you to tune in to each episode to get the best insight and stories from all Spirit programs. As our guest list grows on the podcast, so will our ways you can tune in. The OUAZ Athletics Podcast is now available on Spotify, Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, and of course, on the website at ouazspirit.com slash podcasts. Please rate, review, and subscribe to let us know who you want to hear next and to never miss the next installment. Those four great platforms are where you can find our brand new episodes every week the moment they are available. Once again, you can now find every episode of the OUAZ Athletics Podcast on Spotify, Google Play Music, Apple Podcasts, and at OUAZSpirit.com slash podcasts. Welcome in OUAZ fans. My name is Seth Askelson and thank you for joining me yet again for another edition of the OUAZ Athletics Podcast. My guest today, the OUAZ basketball alumni, Shazier Lawson. Shay, how are you today? I'm doing great, Seth. How about yourself, man? I'm doing well. Uh, it's obviously been a crazy time for everybody involved. How are you and your family doing? Uh, my family's holding up. Uh, about a month ago, I received some negative news. I had a family member actually test positive with COVID, but uh, she's doing well now, so everything's looking up. Can't complain. That's good to hear. I know you're a, a strong person yourself, and I'm sure that comes from your family being strong, and it's good to hear that that family member had, had pulled through. So, um, other than, you know, obviously your family getting through great news, what else have you been up to out in Georgia? I know you said you had come back to Arizona for a month, but what all have you been doing over the last five months? Uh, the last five months have been crazy, like I have for anyone. Uh, I just kind of had to figure out what was next for me as far as uh, just kind of uprooting my life, transitioning from college into more of a career-based, real-world type environment. Um I recently uh, came back to Arizona for a little bit. Uh, my brother is actually going to be on the basketball team this year. So I'm excited about that. I was actually able to go out there with him and train for a little bit. Uh, we had to switch up the training methods just because all the gyms are closed. But um, it's been an interesting five months uh, just trying to stay busy, stay connected with everyone, and uh, stay, stay encouraged that we're going to all get through this and uh, it's going to be better for us. Yeah, I think a lot of people are encouraged. I know the vibe on campus, even though there's masks and really careful medical protocols, I think a lot of people are just excited to see other people for yeah, those for sure. few months. And you said you'd come out here with your brother. Uh, what what did you show your brother? What did you teach your brother about OUAZ while you were out here with him? Uh, I just wanted him to kind of get a feel of just uh, the interconnected that you can feel from everyone. Uh, I feel like OUAZ is a small school, but it's a big family to me. Uh, I haven't been in, I've been in many different programs and I have to say that I feel the most accepted. I feel the most like myself when I'm with my OUAZ family. Uh, they really brought me in and just kind of just gave me the keys to really just help them, help the school grow. And I was able to grow myself as well. Uh, so I just wanted to show them campus, show them around, uh, introduce them to the coaches, obviously and uh, some of the teammates that are still in town and um, just start getting ready to go on that journey. Yeah, it's, as you said, a small school, but a really close environment where 
at least I know, and, and you said it yourself that you felt accepted. And I think a lot of people feel accepted here. And yeah. uh, what did you tell your brother about this, the coaching staff, uh, Matt Keeley and Adam Hepker, definitely oh, uh, unique guys, but what did you, what did you let your brother know about them? Those, those, well, just speaking separately on those two, those are my favorite people right there. Just cause uh, just the opportunity that they gave me and what they saw in me, uh, really spoke to me as a person. Uh, I was in a downtime last year when I uh, reached out to Coach Keely and Coach Hep. And just uh, the conversations that we have outside of basketball are so much more important. Um, I actually just got on the phone with Coach Keely uh, yesterday. We talked for about 30 minutes or so and just was just catching up uh, like we always do, just talking about the good and the bad, things that are going on. Um, He's excited about this year. So I told my brother that one thing about them, they're both player coaches, which I think people kind of interpret that as whatever they take it as. But I think to me, a player coach is someone that uh, listens to their players and does best for their players. Not always what's in the best interest for the player either. It's what's going to get the player the most production and the most out of him for that day. So I feel like they, they, they're definitely a team. They're like a tandem. Uh, I wouldn't really call Coach Hepa assistant coach uh, just because he has so much to input, so much scheme-wise and so much um, mentally and mentality-wise to instill in all of us that they're both really a great one-two punch. Um, I love them. I love their coaches. I love their coaching culture and everything about them that they represent. Now, you mentioned why, you know, you love them and they're your people and, and all that. But would you say that those two are the best coaches you've ever had in basketball? Uh, I mean, I've I've been coached by a, a lot, but uh, for me personally, for sure, it's, I wouldn't even have to really think twice about it just because uh, I never had a dynamic of just guys that are able to maximize, maximize the whole season. I mean, everybody knows this year what we went through with injuries and getting guys eligible and different things like that with red shirts, but um, the coaches were really able to really reach down and mostly our three seniors uh, and really grasp what we could out of the season. And they never squandered. They never belittled the moment. They never uh, lowered the bar for any of us. And I think just the standard that they have as coaches for us as players is very, very good. You had went to a few different colleges. You mentioned you um, have been in some different programs, ASU, uh, locally, Kennesaw State as well, and and a couple other. But you make your way to OUAZ. You play your final final season here. When did you first hear about OUAZ, and and what were your initial thoughts before you even visited campus? Uh, so, first time hearing about OUAZ was I was transferring from Arizona State, and Coach Hep actually had reached out to me, and we had had multiple conversations back and forth. I was kind of looking in a different direction, but I always wanted to be open with my recruitment and never be disrespectful to any coach willing to give me an opportunity. Uh, so this will actually be the very first year that OUAZ was about to get ready to open. And coach was trying to get me out there and things. And I wasn't really feeling that at the time. Uh, but as my life and basketball life went on, OUAZ became an option for me. Um, but it, it, it didn't just become a option, it became the option. Actually, when I decided on OUAZ. They were the only coaching staffs that I talked to. They were the only coaches that I talked to. I had already had a relationship with Coach Hep, even though I wasn't one of his former players. And I just felt comfortable. I felt like there was somebody that wanted me, that uh, 
I want to say needed me, but wanted me to be in that program, wanted me to be a part of it. And I wanted to be a part of somebody that wanted me there. When you talk about, I think, college sometimes, especially at those bigger programs, you know, you were there during Bobby Hurley's first year, and, and we've all seen how ASU, what ASU has kind of turned into, and, and maybe yes. some of the bigger programs where it doesn't maybe feel like those coaches really want you there, you know, they, they feel loved. I mean, is this, was this an environment where you really felt like it was family, that it was truly something that the guys were here to, you know, go to school and, and have a relationship and form a bond rather than just play basketball and move on? No, for sure. I mean, uh, obviously at our level, uh, it's a it's a big difference in, you know, NBA or professional aspirations uh, than it would be at a Division One level. But uh, it, ha it has nothing to do with the work ethic of our team. We all work as if we want to be pros, uh, even though that may not be likely for everyone. Um, I just think the the culture that the coaches instill were is was most important. That's what allowed our team to really come together, us to really uh, share a bond. Was because we were really brothers. We were really banded together, and that and that includes the coaching staff. They were really there with us every step of the way, and they uh they never kind of stepped over us. They never they never looked down on us. It was always uh, I'm here with you. I just can't put on a jersey, per se. Now, you mentioned, you know, you'd never disrespect a coach and, and you always give your, your ear to a coach. And obviously you, you loved what, what Coach Hepker was, was throwing out to you. So at some point you make a campus visit. You know, obviously this is all before Faith Arena is finished and the Odell Center is finished and the new dormitories are finished. What were your first thoughts when you stepped on this campus? Oh, man. I remember the first that was there. I think they had still the, like, the, I can remember like the orange tape around like these wooden sticks in the ground, like where the cafeteria was going to be and things of that nature. Uh, it was just, it was kind of new just because I had been on the campus with uh, 60,000 kids and another campus with 35,000. So uh, it, it was new for me, but honestly, I just kind of, it was my senior year. So I couldn't really overstate it. I couldn't, I couldn't, you know, want more. I was just kind of appreciative of what was in front of me. And I just wanted to take every day as an opportunity to uh, get better, to uh, inspire somebody else and to just continue to move forward with my life. Um, once the buildings and everything started opening up, I mean, obviously you could see, uh, I remember opening night in Faith Arena was the most, in, most packed, most energy filled game I played in, in so many years. Um, and it's just, uh, it's beautiful to see the campus coming together now uh, with everybody, all our staff, all working together to make sure that, you know, our school is going to be one of the schools on the map for the NIR programs. I think um, that's an obvious thing. We got plenty of guys, plenty of guys and girls coming in with many talents. And I just wish every team the best this year. Yeah, I know the team and, and the program really appreciates what you put in during your senior year, really, you and BC, Brian Carey, as well as D, Demetrius Moore, had really put the team on the map and um, definitely a lot of discussions and debates around here, usually one-sided debates on whether Brian Carey should have been, you know, not only recognized, but uh, conference player of the year even. Um, sure. But, no yeah, what was it like to play with those those two guys? Guys, you know, oh, D man. reaches 1,000 points. Brian Carey's lighting up the NAI. I mean, what was it like to play with those two? Well, first with D. I mean, I think I never played with, and that's this is being D one 
whatever level. I've never played with a guy like D that can get so hot. Like, D can literally see the ball go in once, and I swear he thinks the next 10 shots may go in, and five of them might go in. I mean, it was just seriously some games being on the court with him and watching it, watching him go for 40 the one night, watching him go for multiple 30 balls. I mean, D was just amazing. Like, he was just getting blazing hot and hot. Our team would need it this year. Uh, us three were responsible for the heavy load of the offense. So um, everything that he gave us this year was what we needed to uh, be successful. Um, going back to Brian Carey, I mean, undoubtedly, I think pound for pound, best player in the country, undoubtedly. I mean, conference player of the year. I don't think – I think whoever won conference player of the year, BC probably gave him the business to be honest. And that's just not even being overconfident in my teammate. That's just evaluating talent. I mean, I think uh, I play with a lot of point guards and I, I tell them all the time, like, bro, you're the best point guard I've ever played with in my life. Like, seriously. And like, as a as a big man, as a four man, five man, I mean, you look for those guards that are going to look for you. But when you find a guard that can actually create for itself and create for you, I mean, it's really special. So I would just have to say that about BC. Definitely had a special senior year. Yeah, when you talk about D, you said, you know, a guy who gets so hot and really he sees the first one go in and he thinks the next one, you know, the next 10 are going in. Well, that night against Park Gilbert at home here in that first mm. half where he had 34 points. 34. I mean, just incredible. 14 of 20 from the field, 5 of 8 from 3. I mean, that was that was yes. nuts. Brian Carey had 12 assists by the end of the half as well. So, um, I mean, just just an incredible night. For D, and as you said, he he gets going, and and Brian Carey just dishing out assists to whoever finds themselves open. And did you ever think? I mean, obviously everybody knew the talent that was on this team, and and some injuries and some other things maybe had shortened shortened the lineup a little bit. But did you ever think that you guys were going to put together such a special season, statistics wise? Uh, I mean, that was never the goal. I think the goal all year, like, was to win. Um, I just remember, I think the only game that we actually got to play with our starting five all intact, like from the summer, um, who was projected to be starting five, was against our scrimmage against Pima. And I just remember playing in that game against those Juco guys. You know how Juco guys are real tough. I just remember us having so much fun. I remember us walking in the gym and everybody kind of had a chip on their shoulder. We wanted to kind of show what we were made of. And that day, I mean, I think we were up 17 and a half or something like that. Uh, kind of withstood our lead the whole game. Uh, coach obviously snatched the starters in the scrimmage at the end of the game. But uh, that's the only real game I can go off off reference. Uh, as far as how the stats kind of happened, I mean, it kind of made sense. We lose two wings. Uh, we knew as seniors we were going to have to take uh, the responsibility and the accountability to uh, for our offense uh, to score more. But with our coaches uh, – I honestly think it was kind of like a system type scoring. Not saying that uh, me, BC, and D weren't special and weren't trying to do everything we could to put our team in a position to win. But when you have a coach that's willing to teach everyone to play fast, to play a certain pace that benefits all of us, um, I think that's how our numbers kind of got up there. Uh, no, obviously not stat padding or anything like that. I mean, every every single stat was trying in attempt to win a game. So. Uh, it was it was definitely a great year statistically. I, I think we were number one in all of college in scoring as far as a trio, which is I mean that's special to be a part of forever. I mean I forever remember that with my brothers for sure. Yeah, as you mentioned, you guys 
all those points you guys hadn't been up, you know, 25 points at half or whatever. I mean, it was all, all an attempt to come back and win. And you guys put a couple special wins together. And, and I want to, I'll get, I want to get to that just a little bit later, but you had talked about, you know, you visited and there's sticks with orange tape around them for the cafeteria is going to be. Mm-hmm. And I know you said that, you know, you were looking at everything with a positive mindset, but when Hep was telling you that everything was going to be here and, and there wasn't a, a piece of wood laid yet. Oh, what were you thinking? Man, I'm looking. I'm just – it was kind of one of those things where, like, you know, you got somebody talking to you just like, uh-huh, like just shaking your head, just like, uh-huh, uh-huh, like, sure. Because, I mean, he's telling me, like, yeah, this building's going to go over here, this building here, this building here, and I'm looking at the land like, do we even have the space for that? Like, I remember even after – the crazy thing is Faith Arena was up for maybe about a month or two, and I kept thinking it was the wrong building. I kept thinking like a whole separate building was where the gym was. And finally somebody was like, no, it's on the other side of the football field. And I was like, Oh, like I never knew that. Uh, but yeah, definitely. I mean, anybody that was here the last couple of years, definitely last summer, you would have had no clue that the campus could look like how it looks right now, which is amazing. Yeah. The campus looks beautiful. I'm currently recording from the office here, got the blinds open and you can see, the Westgate area, the University of Phoenix, or, uh, State Farm Stadium now where the Cardinals play. And you yep. can see downtown Phoenix from here as well. So beautiful building and on a beautiful campus. And uh, for you, uh, as you said, nothing was really built. You guys had started the year. You hadn't played any games, but you're practicing in a high school and waiting for volleyball games to end so you can practice at 9 10 o'clock at night. And you eventually get – into the gym what was it like when you first got to step in there for the first time for the first practice and and what were those feelings oh man uh the first couple of practices were so just energy that's really all i can say like everybody's went through those practices where guys just have it and they're just up i mean just from the warm-ups everybody's dunking everything everybody's just talking the communication in the gym it's a very loud gym uh that's just how i first couple weeks were in there I mean it was just excitement just to have something for ourselves have something that was new have something that was uh you know gifted to us uh and we were all just appreciative because I think the high school kind of uh for the guys that were there for multiple years I can't speak for them but for me it was kind of just an appreciation just for the game like you said I remember sitting on the sidelines waiting on volleyball games to end just so we could practice I remember uh, waiting on high school boys to finish practicing just so we could practice. I remember having to get up at 6 a.m. just to practice before classes started. Um, and all those things built like a certain type of grit. Uh, it built a certain appreciation for the game. Um, and that's that's really all I take away from it. Uh, but definitely when we got inside a new building, I mean, it was just amazing. Amazing to see the hardwood floors in there are beautiful. Uh, I, love, I love that. I love Faith Arena. It's a gorgeous arena that I think a lot of people in Surprise love. And I know your brother will probably love it as well as just as sure. the rest of the gym teams. And <laughs> another thing for you, I mean, you mentioned the game, the opening game against Embry-Riddle. It was a packed house, the most intense game you'd played in, in terms of, you know, motion and, and things of that nature. But what was it truly like when you first had to set, before the fans came in, before, you know, Embry-Riddle was there, you guys kind of had the gym to yourself. You're going through – shoot around walk through and what was it like you see the you see the scoreboard on you see everything in motion what was that like as oh man I mean chills I mean I get chills now just thinking about it because we were just all preparing for that moment um 
And one thing Coach Keeley was just harping on was just for us to just stand the moment, uh, appreciate everything that everybody had done to before us to get us to this point and to not squander it. I mean, go out there and just all out, balls to the walls, just play as hard as you can and try to get a home win in front of the uh, first Faith Arena crowd that we ever had. So that was very important to us. Uh, I think you kind of saw it in our play that night. Uh, shout out Marcus. I know that was a bad night for him, but it was a beautiful win. I still remember his clutch corner three he hit, although he was walking on a bad ACL, which is just amazing for him personally. But um, yeah, man, Faith Arena, the whole setup, how you guys, uh, just the, the amount of effort and just creativeness and work that y'all put into it, you, Brittany, and the rest of the uh, crew. I mean, it's just, it's it's beautiful to see, man. Well, we're glad that you appreciate it and that your teammates appreciate it. And yeah, Marcus Williams, who ended up missing the rest of the year with the torn ACL. I mean, hit that corner three, which is a big one, pretty much on one leg. Huge, huge so, on one leg. Pretty incredible indeed. And I know when we talked to Hep on his podcast episode with uh, with Keeley, I asked him, I said, during pregame warmups, as the video is playing and the music is going and, you know, names are getting flashed on the board. I said, what are you thinking? And he said he was too worried thinking about the Embry-Riddle press to even pay attention to the pregame <laughs> antics. Uh, were you paying attention at all? What was that feeling as oh, no. I the mean, game was getting going? Uh, definitely, I had my own kind of just way to get ready to play. I kind of try to, like, block out all the noise and things of that nature. But I definitely take account of everything that's going on around me. Uh, I probably was thinking about the press as well, just because Coach Help wasn't going to let me think about anything else. But uh, it was uh, – I mean, I could just remember sitting there during the national anthem and just getting those jitters where you just can't even, like, sit still. you just waiting to just kind of be let out the gate and you just want to just go. You want to get it started. So that was that feeling right there. Now you guys end up winning that night. Um, and you pull out uh, – uh, a few more wins as well during the season and none bigger than going on the road to number seven masters had a win streak for the age. I mean, it had been years and that game, you guys had started out, uh, started out pretty hot going into the half, but the masters came back and, and cut it down. But that game right there, we'll get to the ending here in a second, but going into that game, it, you know, you guys are having a tough season, maybe not not going the way you wanted in terms of injuries and things of that nature. You'd, you've lost three in a row at this point. I mean, what were you guys thinking as you guys headed towards that road trip at the end of January? I mean, it was the same thing. I, I honestly, uh, all those things are true about the injuries and everything, but we prepared for every game, and our coaches prepared us to win. I mean, it was never any – we didn't go into games with our heads down thinking like, man, we were going to lose or anything like that. I mean, we knew with the Masters, we knew – what the challenge would be. And I think all our team responded to the challenge. I think we were up for it, uh, one through however many suited up that night. I mean, I think Kareem may have been the last man to come off the bench for us, and he ends up nailing the game winner, just to attest to that. I think everybody was just so prepared, so ready to play. I think you can see it in our defense that night. We really, you know, sat down, communicated, and talked all night. And, uh, I mean, that's what can happen, you know, when you have a group of guys that – no matter what uh, comes through with the season, because adversity is going to hit no matter what. But we just had a group of guys that just were resilient. And that night we showed it. It was a huge run. I, I mean, I remember tearing up, like, after the game, like, hugging Max. I mean, it was just it was just such a huge win. When you hear that a team hasn't lost at home in over five – in almost five years, I mean, you, you want to be the ones to knock them off. And we were. 
fortunately. Yeah, you guys were able to do that. And the fight, you know, you guys are up 12 at halftime and, and the Masters is able to cut that lead down and get to a tie game. Final possession, Brian Carey drives, misses the floater, but Kareem Simmons gets up, grabs the rebound and puts it in first. When you see BC cut, usually when Brian Carey cuts and he gets the angle, it, it's usually almost an automatic bucket. Automatic. Whether he puts in or he's able to dish it out. But what are you thinking when, when BC cut and then when that shot bounced off the rim? Oh, well, I mean, BC, my guy, every time he puts up a shot like that, I think it's going in, just to be honest with you. Uh, but I would have believed in any of our teammates at that time. But I definitely thought his shot was good. When he missed it, honestly, I'm in game mode. I'm trying to get a tip on the ball, something to get us an extra shot. So fortunate to be right there when Kareem catches it and puts it in. I mean, most excitement I had definitely all season. I mean, it was just – it was such a huge shot. Um, heard at least around the conference. I mean, because nobody goes to the Masters and wins. Uh, we actually started a losing streak for them then at home, which, I mean, that felt even better that that – I mean, just the psyche of being a team that big at their place, them not ever going through that, the coaching staff not going through that that much. I mean, it kind of threw them off for a little bit, so – it was a good feeling for sure. Yeah, it's probably a streak that won't be matched by anybody in the conference until, I don't know, maybe somebody hopefully at Faith, Faith Arena hopefully. does it at Faith Arena, yeah. hopefully. Hopefully Faith Arena can do it. I think we can. The, the Faith hopeful can. I think so, too. I mean, it's it's a good home court advantage. But as you mentioned, Kareem ends up going up, gets the bucket. And when, when you see that ball fall through the basket, the – Clocks at zero, buzzers going, backboards red. What are you doing? What are you thinking? How are you? Oh, oh I'm on the video. You can go. I mean, I when things like that happen, I can't, I can't control like myself. So I almost just have to run. And I think I literally run like down near the end of Masters bench, like not talking mess or anything, just running in excitement. Like, and now all of a sudden I'm trying to find one of my teammates to embrace. I think I found Max first, then BC, then we're all choking and hugging Kareem. I mean, it was just so much energy uh, to sit there and have only you and the 12 guys that you're shooting up with celebrating while the whole stadium is completely dead silent. I mean, there's no better feeling. Like, honestly, the Emory Riddle was a huge game, and for it to be at home was great. But until you have that feeling where you have the whole road crowd completely in shock, I mean, that's a feeling for the ages. Yeah, it's the probably the, the loudest group of 12 guys you'll ever hear. As you said, it was sure. dead silent in that gym when the bucket went through. And, you know, you guys end up picking up another win over a ranked conference team later on the year. That was actually towards the end of the year against Menlo, who was 16th. And, you know, season ends. Uh, you win your final two at home, close out strong. But Obviously, no postseason didn't end the way you wanted. But what what are your final thoughts on on this past season and your senior year as a whole? Oh, I think uh, my whole thing when I signed to the school was, I mean, I knew what the past record was or what the record was the previous season. And, I mean, everybody sets goals to want to win championships, to want to do different things. And uh, that's all – I thought it was all right in front of us, for sure, especially with the talent that we had to start out the year. But ultimately, I just wanted to be able to compete every night. I wanted every coach, every team that played us to say, hey, those guys play hard. Um, and I wanted, us to, I wanted to give us a chance to win every single night, which I think on most nights we did have a chance to win. We maybe shot ourselves in the foot a few times, but uh, mostly just learning that 
you know, it's an up and down season. You're going to go through adversity. Uh, I think the team this year and some of the guys that are coming back will be able to learn from a lot from what we did last year. But definitely proud of this season. I definitely think, wish it could have went different. Wish we could have got 20, 25 wins. But we definitely competed. I don't think anybody viewed us the same as before. And hopefully uh, the tradition and the foundation of the team can keep just moving forward from now. Yeah, as you mentioned, I mean, you understood what, what the school was going to be like as you, you came in, what what was building, what was growing, and, and you're definitely a part of that growth. But for yourself, you know, you went through a lot of different programs and, and bounced around schools, but you finally found a place, you finally found a home, and you're two classes away from graduating. What does it feel like that you're so close? You know, you've had such a great journey and such a wild journey over the last four-plus four years, but now you're right at the finish line. You can see it. How are you feeling? I mean, honestly, I just feel, I feel like I'm still just beginning. Um, it's so much that I'm still trying to figure out just with my life and everything. Um, but I can honestly say everything, everything I went through throughout school, I appreciate the experience. I appreciate the lessons that it taught me. Uh, OUAZ has been no different. It's just I really feel like I can't really say, you know, it's hard to like cheer for Arizona State teams or Kennesaw State teams because, you know, I don't, I didn't finish there or whatever. Like I finished at OUAZ. Um, I'm an alumni of OUAZ. I think I'll always be family there no matter when I go back or how often I come back. So it's just to have a school that really like stands with you, that you can stand with and that you can be proud of. That's, that's really, I, all I wanted really was from this year was to have a school that I can feel like, you know, I'm an alumni of and like really feel it though, not just, you know, more than just a degree. I have friends here, I have family here. Um, so it's it, it's definitely been an experience for me and I, I wouldn't take it back for anything. Well, I know we would love to have you back on campus anytime and anytime you want to come back, you're definitely family here. So Shay, we appreciate your time. Uh, are there any any final thoughts, any final words you want to leave with the, the OUAZ fans? Oh, man, I appreciate y'all. I appreciate y'all for bringing me in, accepting me, uh, cheering, cheering us on each and every game. Uh, to all the other teams out there, all the other athletes, uh, we all know what it's, what it's been like these last couple of months uh, with the whole season being taken away from us and different things happening. And I just think that we should all be a little more appreciative of the fact that we do get to play the sports that we love um, and we get to earn a scholarship, I mean, or education at the same time while doing it. Uh, so I expect big things from our school in the near future, especially this year, just because I think there'll be a more grit to guys that got this. You know, when you get baseball season taken away or basketball season taken away, those guys are going to be itching to play for a year. So I can't wait to tune in to all the games and watch. And I would like to officially announce that I am actually going to continue playing. Uh, it's looking like I'm going to be playing in Germany next year professionally. So I'm excited about that. Talked to Coach Keeley yesterday, filling him in about it. Um, so I really just appreciate you guys, and hopefully I'll be back soon. Well, I know you playing professionally was something you and I had talked about as uh, as you were wrapping up last year, and it's great to hear that. You're headed off to Germany. I know games over back in the States here for OUAZ basketball are going to be at some funky times for you. But uh, I know we'll be tuning in to Germany oh, yeah, as well sure. to see how you do. For sure. I got I got synergy. So even if I miss the game, I'll see the replays. I, I'll make sure I check it out. 
That's right. We always have our games archived. So for anytime sure. you want to watch or anybody else does, they're, they're right there for you. For sure. So, Shay, thanks again, man, for your time and, you, and for joining us. And hopefully we're talking again soon. Yep, for sure. Appreciate you, Seth. Thank you, man.